Welcome to the Lubar Executive Education Podcast. In this episode, we'll be talking about gaining trust and empowering your team. With me today is Kyle Sullivan, lifelong learner, mindset coach, keynote speaker, and founder of Unleash the Champ, a coaching company dedicated to specializing in organizational and team development. He strives to inspire people to unlock the cages they're in to unleash the champ within. Welcome, Kyle. I'm happy you're here with me today and appreciate you taking time to talk about this important topic. Absolutely, Mike. I am excited for this conversation and uh, excited to be on today. All right, let's jump right in then. For many leaders, building trust seems to be one of those things that in general sounds pretty easy, but in reality, it can be quite difficult. What are your thoughts on trust and how do you go about building trust with people in your life? Man, we're, we're jumping right off into the deep end. I love it. You know, I think trust is, uh, is one of those things. I, I played sports all growing up and, and trust is like equity. It takes, in stereotypical ways, it takes a lifelong, you know, to build and a moment to lose. But I think with trust, what we can start to do is empower leaders to say, you know what? Trust is given, mistrust is earned. So the moment you come on my team, the moment I'm interacting with you, you have all my trust. Now, that's a shift from what maybe generations past would say is like, no, you got to earn my trust. Well, I believe that if you got to earn trust with somebody on your team, you probably shouldn't have brought them on your team in the first place. But let's say you did and you need to build trust. I think there's seven words that build trust more than anything else when you have somebody on your team. It's simply saying this, sit them down in the first, you know, first day, first week. It's definitely the first month. And you just say, I trust you. I believe in you. And that's important on the front end. But again, if you have people on your team, you could say it in front of everybody. Go, hey. Here's something I've been seeing. I feel like there may be some trust that isn't freely given. I need you to understand. I trust you and I believe in you and allow them to make the decisions for themselves and understand that there's very few things that us as leaders need to interfere in if we have the right people and we empower them and trust them in the right way. Yeah, it's so powerful. Uh, just the concept of trust is given and mistrust is earned. First time we met, that really stopped me in my tracks. And uh, I've never heard that before. So I, I totally appreciate it and love it. As uh, leaders, though, we tend to realize that we communicate constantly with our words and our actions. And our good leaders, they also understand that they communicate constantly with their inactions. Regardless of how good we are at communicating and building trust, we're all human. And At times we say or do things that erode trust, requiring those critical conversations uh, to take place. When these situations occur, how should you approach a critical conversation? I go into a conversation assuming that I'm missing something. This isn't business. This is with my wife. I spent 11 years as a pastor. And a framework that I think through when I have to have a, a, a crucial conversation is I think, okay, I'm going to explain, this is what I see, the situation from my perspective. Understanding that it's only one half of it, really a third of it, because it's my side, their side, and the real side. But for this, we'll say, this is what I see. Second is, think through what it makes you think or feel. And I think it's important because when we think or feel, it hits both sides of the brain. And then 
Help me understand is the third piece of it. Help me understand is one of the most disarming phrases, I believe, in leadership, period. Because when you assume that you're missing something and you ask for clarity, you may internally believe that you know exactly how this thing happened. But it's important as leaders to go, you know what? Hey, this is what I'm seeing. This is what it makes me think or feel. Help me understand. And your your crucial conversations typically will have a much greater response, greater resolution, and greater progress because people don't feel threatened. I think a lot of times what can erode those crucial conversations is why did this happen? Why did you do that? Well, as I've studied human behavior and psychology in my own life, what happened when we were little kids and we did something wrong? Our parents would say, why did you do that? So we are conditioned to be defensive and to give an excuse or a reason when we hear why. But when you say, hey, help me understand why you got or how you got to that decision. Help me understand the reason you made that call. That is a conversation and not just an interrogation. Yeah, I really like the ideas you're sharing here on approaching a conversation that could be a little sensitive or crucial in nature. These ideas can definitely help. If you're in the middle of a conversation and they're maybe not responding the way you had hoped or the conversation was going well and then it started to get a little heated or too emotional, what can you suggest a leader do in the moment? Pause. Pause. Be proactive. Meaning, if you're seeing, okay, this isn't going well, then in our heads as leaders, we have to ask ourselves, what has happened? And if we can't readily identify, okay, this has been the, the shift, this is, we're off the rails, I think it's important to one, just say, hey, I feel like there's some things not being said. I've done this with conversations I've had where I feel like I, the person just gets that glazed over look. Your listeners will know what that is, where it's just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yep, understand, yep. And they're just trying to have you stop talking so they can leave. It's important to say, hey, I really, and again, this goes from that heart. Hey, I really want us to move past this. I feel like there's some things that we've, We've gotten off what we're working on here. Do we need to take a break and schedule a time to go back to this later? Or can you, can you just open up with me a little bit? And again, I think it's all about the posture. Because as leaders, we're performance-driven, results-oriented, we're go-getters. And oftentimes, if we feel like someone's not getting what we're trying to say, the inkling is, I'll just explain it more. And if they've checked out, you don't have access to their heart, head, or their habits. Yeah, sometimes so explaining being, more is... Yeah, explaining is more is just, uh-huh, okay. And it, again, I think it's just because I'm in this season now where I'm thinking about how I want to parent. I think about my own life. I'd get in trouble, and I my parents would have a conversation with me, and it would get to a point where I'm just, I'm just enduring it because I know eventually... They'll take a breath or they'll stop talking and I'll get to leave. That's not how we want to lead our people. And so if it gets heated, our job is to 
bring the emotions back down, however that needs to be. But I do think I, I don't want this to sound like, oh, it's just always so happy go lucky. And because there are some times that we need to step in and say, I need you to understand this is what we need to get done. Do you understand what I'm saying? Is there anything unclear? But I would say that is a five to 10% max of our leadership where we need to be that authoritative. No, I'm not asking questions right now. Can you get the job done? That's a, such a small piece, but it is a piece that I think is important to acknowledge when leading people, building trust, having crucial conversations. I think you're right. And sometimes you just need a pause or reframe, take a step back here, and then we can continue the conversation either in the moment or somewhere at a later time. It's going to get you real far most of the time. All right, well, let's turn now to something a little more positive and, and talk about empowering and developing the next generation of leaders. I understand you like to use two simple words to empower people. What can you share with our audience about those two words? I love it. It's the most empowering and frustrating thing a person could hear when they're not used to it. And it's two simple yet powerful words. You decide. So this goes back to those seven words of building trust. The two words enforce that trust and that belief. So have somebody come to you and it's a decision that in your mind, you know, they can make. And you, well, what should we do about this? You decide. But what do you want done? Nah, you decide. And you start to do that because, again, we're not we're not developed as free-thinking action takers. We're developed from a young age to take orders, do what we're told, and come back and ask for more tasks. I've done this, now what do I do? But when you start to truly develop and empower people and you go, no, you have a brain, I trust you, I believe in you, you are the right person for right now on this team, for this moment, you decide. It will mess with people, Mike, because it's so uncomfortable. And I think some of it is good because, you know, they don't want to disappoint the leader. But you have to say, look, there are very few things that you're going to do to derail this train. And I need you to understand if you're going to make a decision that will derail this whole operation, I'm going to step in and say, bah, 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 bah. no, 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 you don't decide that. But 98% of it, we can coach through it. And I would much rather have somebody on my team that is making, making decisions and believing in it and going for it and missing the mark than somebody that's constantly coming to me where I got to think of stuff for them to do. That's not a leader. That's a doer. And we need doers on our teams, but we're not going to promote leaders. We're not going to promote doers. We're promoting leaders. The risk of having somebody decide is small in comparison to the benefit you're going to get. Because most people are trying to do the right thing for the organization or the person or the group. Powerful words and you decide. I love it. 
What are some other things that people can do to build trust and empower their people? I know in a lot of the studies that I've seen and in some of the books that I've read, it talks a lot about being vulnerable and just really being comfortable where you don't have to cover yourself uh, or worry about you know, how you look or how you come off or anything like that. But what are some things that, that you do to build trust and empower people? Yeah, I think you hit on a, an important piece is, and I like to call it appropriate vulnerability. So when you're leading a team, you have to understand that right, wrong, or indifferent, you're on a bit of a pedestal. Typically, if you're leading people, you've been in an organization long enough, you have a bit of a reputation, you've earned that persona, you've earned that reputation, whatever the case may be. And so I think it's important to have appropriate vulnerability. It's always more important and more beneficial, I believe, to with people that are below you in an org chart or in an whatever, to share your scars, not your wounds. So if you are dealing with something that could be perceived by people that don't have the understanding that it would diminish your equity as a leader, you need to have people in your life that are beside or above you that you're sharing that with. I had a mentor. I was, like I said, I was a pastor for 11 years. And as I was getting into ministry and leading people for the very first time in my mid twenties, I had a mentor that was much older. He was in his mid sixties at the time. And he said, I had been in ministry for 40 plus years. And I just asked him, I said, what's the secret sauce? Like, what's the sauce that kept you in ministry? Because I know, you know, dealing with thousands of people and all the stress and everything. And he said, it's important to have people in your life that can't fire you, divorce you, or leave your church that you talk to. It was powerful to me because we shouldn't share all of our insecurities with our boss because right, wrong, or indifferent, they may start to doubt our ability to do the job that we've been given. We don't want to share it with people that we're leading, not all of it, because the same thing. We want to share from healing wounds, not fresh wounds, and sharing from scars and not wounds is always beneficial because you can say, hey, I've been there. I remember when we blah, 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 blah. This is what happened. This is how we got through it. So you're connecting, you're being vulnerable, you're sharing what you've done. But it's important that you don't share everything with everyone because you just don't need that many people. You don't need that many cooks in the kitchens, as my grandma would say, because then the recipe just gets messed up. Another aspect of leading and building trust is being consistent with your actions and communications and also being as clear and as simple as possible. The old KISS model, which stands for keep it simple, stupid, comes to mind when I think about how great leaders communicate. What are your thoughts about keeping things simple for your team? The keep it simple, stupid is being able to say, not you're stupid. Let's make that clarification. But our communication should be simple. Our communication should be effective. When we are leading people, share what we need to move on. And that keeps everybody, keeps everybody succinct. It keeps everybody in a line because unpredictable leaders produce hesitant followers. Unclear leaders produce hesitant followers. If you don't kiss, it's funny to say it like this, you will have people walking around not knowing what's happening. 
and they'll be scared to make a decision because they won't know what the flavor of the month is. And so our consistency and simplicity allows for people to have trust, build equity, empower themselves, lead better, and ultimately get more results for what we're doing and where we're at. During your keynotes, you talk a lot about the concept of a championship run. What is a championship run? And is this something for individuals, organizations, or both? Yes. For me, the championship run is what you're created to do personally or professionally. So it is your your culture is made up of what you teach others, what you tell yourself, and what you tolerate in your world. Those three things make up that championship run. So it's the thing that you know you should do, the, the mission, the vision, the values of where you're going. And so being able to align that and then reverse engineer it to go, okay, if we want this to be who we're known for, what do we have to do in order to make that happen? This is what I want in my personal life. This is the championship run I'm on. What are the things that I need to do monthly, weekly, daily to make sure that this is most likely going to happen because of the things that I've done now? So personally, it's goal setting, it's habit tracking, it's having a coach, it's, it's personal development. Organizationally, it's taking an audit. Hey, are you actually known for those things? Is your handbook and your mission, vision, values just on those sheets of paper and not in the hearts of your people? And so making sure that the things that you want to be true of your championship run, you're actually doing those things to lead to that. So unfortunately, most people or organizations don't ever really step into the championship run and, and you know put their backs into it. How can people or organizations get past that hesitation they may have? Yeah, I think one of the most recent studies I read, and this is for the organizational side, is for every... Every person that leaves your organization, it is 60 to 200% of their salary lost. Yep. So if you are sitting here and you're listening and going, I don't know if we should really like press into this. I don't know if we really should have these things in place to, to develop our people and to train and to empower and to lead. Go, are you okay with 60 to 200% of that person's salary leaving and you losing it because you didn't embark on the championship run. Most, given that frame, though, yeah, I think this is kind of important because people don't leave organizations. They leave leaders. And so when you have leaders in place that are not gaining trust, building equity, empowering people, and allowing them to lead, you're going to take that loss. And I also heard one time that to, if you would classify yourself as having a, a subpar or average culture, it takes about two years to correct that. So it's not just saying that's 60 to 200% this year, that's 60 to 200% next year. 120 to 400% of that person's salary is leaving your organization because you will not put in the things to develop your people. And there's no guarantees either that maybe their replacement's going to work out on top of that. So you could right because really what are you what are you what are you bringing them into? Exactly at an environment where maybe they can't they don't have that trust and they can't feel open to to do what they need to and to make decisions and uh, and do what's right. Yeah, for sure. So before we wrap up, 
What final advice or recommendations do you have for our listeners that they can do today? I would say take an audit of your culture. So one of the things I do with the businesses I work with is that three-part culture audit. So culture, again, is what you teach others, what you tell yourself, and what you tolerate in your organization. That makes up your culture. So I would go on a whiteboard, go get you know a post-it note, put it up on the wall, and put teach, tell, tolerate and start writing out what it is you do in those buckets and then go, is this who we want to be? Is this, man, we love this part about us. Ah, We really don't like this part about us and have the courage to, to call yourself on the mat and the courage to pick yourself back up when you get that frame set before you. Can't think of a better suggestion. That is, that's really powerful stuff. Thank you. Kyle, thanks again for joining me to talk about betting on ourselves and empowering our team to drive success all around us. If you're interested in talking with Kyle about your specific situation and gain some practical coaching, go to kylejsullivan.com and complete a short 45-second survey. In return, Kyle will offer a 30-minute coaching session for free to any of our listeners seeking a potential breakthrough or clarity. In closing, I'd like to take a moment and thank our listeners. We wish you the best of luck as you move forward on your leadership journey. Please check back regularly for additional episodes.